0: Business is simple, it's just not easy. We focus on three things to help you run and grow your business more easily. Talent, sales, and how to scale. This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. Hey everyone, Brian Whittington with this episode of the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. We have a relatively quiet, never wrote a book, but he is anything but quiet. If you have kids in the room, make sure you put your earmuffs on. Uh, you're going to be laughing and having fun today. So, Ray Muchler, welcome to the show. From uh, found, do you go by founder, president, CEO, like uh, head honcho at ROI Consulting? What are you going by these days?
1: Yeah, you, I mean you can call me anything. Just call me into your office for an appointment. And there um, you go. I, yeah, before we get started, Brian, I just want to thank you for getting a haircut on my behalf. Looks sharp, right? Looks uh, like you lost four years off your
0: life. Thank you. I I I, I keep losing uh, years off my life daily with all my kids. So (laughs) now you look look like it. No, thank you. There you go. Uh, So let's jump into this. I mean, you know, question number one that we always ask is, you know, why in the world should we listen to you about prospecting in today's environment?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I got into the sales training consulting business about. 17 years ago i was 26 years old um and and yeah that's a good question i mean i i think there's a couple reasons one um I've been humbled enough that my retention rate with my clients is about 95 percent year over year. Right, so I'm doing something right with them, learning their business. Um, also, I, I, I tend to be someone who's in the foxhole with my clients and people. Right, um, I do everything I teach, even if it's uncomfortable. Every prospecting um, activity, um, I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, the guy that's that's uh, uh, doing what he says he's going to do. Um, and, and I'm real world, right? The tagline of my company is, you know, real world results. I, I think the goal is to help my organizations and help my owners, um, create their own repeatable system in their niche with their levels of the organization. So, uh, it's been a great ride.
0: Um, very, very cool business. Okay. So now specifically on top of funnel, that prospecting side, um, you know, whenever we were working together in the old days, and so just for the audience to know, Ray and I uh, worked together on and off again for, geez, about eight, eight years or eight years or so, something along those lines. And a lot of what I learned was was from Ray. So from different prospecting techniques. I mean, you were using Twitter back in the day to leveraging your tonality. I mean, what are what are the, some of the things? If you're going to have anything that you're talking to a brand new outbound SDR? What, what's maybe one thing that you say, hey, if you're going to learn only one thing, do this? I mean, there's
1: a couple and some of them are, are you know, activity and some of them are uh, application technique, that sort of stuff. I, I think, um, first of all, I, I think one of the things I love to do is be on the forefront of uh, reading, learning and, and understanding that your buyers uh, change. Um, how they research information change, how they take appointments changes, How uh, the techniques, or I'm sorry, the, the, the vehicles they use change. Um, and you need to be on the forefront of it, uh, like Twitter, like LinkedIn, like social media, like all those things. Um, for me, I think, you know, a couple really core stuff is, is important in prospecting. Number one, I always found it um, if you can be consistent in prospecting when you are up, right? Um, I mean, let's face it. It, it is, easy to prospect when you're down. There's really nothing to do, right? You got to get appointments, right? So that's the easy part. The, the real challenge for me was when things were going well, right? When deals were coming in, when appointments were being booked, how do you maintain a consistent flow of hitting those key performance indicators into your funnel and filling it when you're up? Um, I, I think the second thing is understanding that talent can only take you so far, uh, which I wish it would take you further, but it only takes you so far. And, and, and so, you've got to be comfortable with some of those out of comfort zone activities. For me, I'll give you an example. For me, it's networking, right? I would rather make 10,000 straight cold calls today than go to one half-hour networking event, right? Uh, and that's just that's just me recognizing, you know, my strengths and weaknesses, what I like and what I don't like. Some You know, someone listening to this might be thinking I'm crazy. They may think, what are you, nuts? I'd rather go to the networking event. But, but you know, if you only do some of those things that you are comfortable with, if you only do one or two core things and, and don't branch out, um, I, I think it's a recipe for mediocrity, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I, you should be constantly sort of challenging yourself, especially with prospect. No, Nobody likes to prospect, <laughs> um, you know, just because, you know, just because you're more effective at it or do it better, doesn't mean you like it anymore or hate it any less. So, um, I, I think that, and I also think a key thing for me, and this was fairly big for me halfway through my career, um, is to instead of, I mean, I read a lot of books and they say, uh, block off time to prospect, right? Block off this day and this hour. Um, I never had a lot of a success with that because, again, if, if you don't like to do it, then the flavor of the day will always take precedent. Uh, oh, of course, calling one of my clients is better than making a cold call. You know, that that's better. Uh, or going to the bathroom for two hours, you know, call avoidance. Um, and what I found was... Um, building it into your existing habits. So we, we all have... Um, different weird, quirky habits, right? That we go through week in, week out, and and um, that there was a uh, and, and there was a study by um, I think the was uh, later was uh, a Lally in 2009, um, and she studied um, the habits and, and how they're formed and what their days are. And there was a couple really funny things that came out of that. The first one was um, she went all the way back to 1911 Germany, where the first study on habits was done, and 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 the the conclusion of that study was. It takes between 21 and 66 days for a habit to form, right? With consistency, but because we're Americans, we just said, "Bah, 21. <laughs> we'll get it done in 21." Um, and so, uh, and, and uh, so, it really does take a longer time than is advertised to do that. What I found was, though, is I took a week or two, really figured out what my traits were, what my habits were, and then added some of my activities to those. I'll give you two examples of that. Um, I have a standing training session uh, every second Wednesday of the month, and uh, outside of that uh, Pittsburgh-based company, um, I go to Starbucks. That's my Starbucks day, right? And I never realized it, but every time I go there, I go Starbucks first. Um, so all I did was I added uh, three cold calls to the drive-in waiting line, right? Um, and so I knew I was going to get my coffee. I get it every single, you know, every two weeks, and so I added that to it. And, and so now it just becomes part of me getting my cup of coffee. Another example is uh, at Fridays, uh, mostly in the summer, um, I like to have a cigar between four and five, you know, and, and and what I did was I added a couple of my strategic account management calls, right? So I call one of my companies, check in on them, see if they're okay. Um, and now whenever I'm having a cigar, I'm thinking, should I be on the phone, right? So, so instead of making new time or trying to break in with a new habit, it was key for me to join those activities to my existing habits made it a lot easier to digest and it made it a lot easier to make sure that I was doing it for consistency sake.
0: Got it. Okay. So a lot of, a lot coming out of that. So one, maintaining your motivation, even whenever you're up. Two, make sure that you're getting out of your comfort zone to constantly be growing. And then three, don't fight your natural tendencies. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, Brad Clear or something like that wrote Atomic Habits. So they talk about mm-hmm. habit stacking, which is exactly what you're doing with your your stogie on Fridays, doing your account management calls, your, your calling um, outbound. So give us a little bit, go a little bit more deeply, if you will, on that main Maintaining the motivation when you're up, right? Because there, we've talked about this in the past. There's two types of, stereotypically oversimplifying this, there's two types of people, right? Either motivated by pain or motivated by pleasure. So it seems like you might be motivated by pain. I'm out of pain. I don't need the prospect anymore. Is that a fair statement?
1: I'm a hundred percent motivated by frustration and pain. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, I think in, in, in sales and in prospecting, our frustration, our fears are futuristically based. Right. And so so the example I always use, I use two examples. So the first one is, um, you know, let's pretend it's January 1st and you cash the biggest commission check of your life. Right. But you look at your January and February calendar and you have no new appointments booked. How do you feel? Right. Uh, A little bit nervous, a little bit right, a little bit fearful of the future. Now flip that. Right. You cash a mediocre commission check on January 1st, but you look at your calendar and in January and February, you got 17 brand new opportunities in the calendar. How do you feel? right? So, so, you know, there's a couple days in my, uh, in my year that run my entire motivation and it's all pain-based. And those days are the first day of hunting and December 26th, right? And, I, and for the same reason, by the way, um, the first day of hunting and I am, I am a hunter by, I guess, title only. I, I am the fakest hunter you ever met. You know, I, I dress like one, I go out there, I'm the worst hunter ever. Um, and, and so what it does, Brian is it puts me in November, in the woods for eight hours with myself and my thoughts in a gun, right? Uh, There is no more horrible feeling than sitting there all alone, letting your thoughts race about your business and thinking to yourself, I had a horrible year. I could have done so much and just sort of pounding those negative thoughts. Um, And I've been in that tree stand when having those thoughts, it's painful. Um, And so I try the whole year to avoid that. The second one's December 26th. My wife and I host Christmas. We have a huge family of 400 people, blah, blah, blah. But the next day after is pajama and movie day again no worse feeling than trying to spend time with your family at the holidays and thinking i didn't do what i should right so so or i didn't hit my goals or i didn't prospect like i should have so i i am a thousand percent pain motivated um in regards to never letting that happen again and 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 the consistency that um that 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 helps with that is tremendous when you can find your you know your call and your process uh, but I think that's really key. Look, we're all good. Most salespeople are up and down. They're Frank Sinatra, right? Flying high in, in April, shot down in May. Um, and I think it's key to have that consistent pipeline. Without that, uh, it becomes a very stressful business.
0: So what are some of the the ways that you're keeping yourself motivated whenever you're doing this? I mean, you're, you're high, you're running, great commission check comes in. I have all the, the clientele that I want. How are you maintaining that level of motivation then?
1: Yeah, mostly fear-based right so I I, um, I I am petrified of not hitting my 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 number my goal uh, month to month um, so I I immediately Brian when I don't go to hitting a weekly KPI let's say of appointments booked with new business owners uh, my mind goes immediately to my 12 year old son in overalls walking down the street with a stick and a bandana and we're homeless um, that now that that's not realistic but that's exactly where I go to right so it's mostly it's mostly fear-based for me as far as motivation Uh, Goal setting is important. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that much of a pleasure motivated guy. Some people are nothing wrong with that, but knowing where your motivation should come from is key. Are you fear-based? Are you pain-based? Are you pleasure-based? You know, and, and, and all the regular things that go along with that fear-based, you know, providing for the family, growing your business, all that stuff.
0: Okay. Got it. So uh, it's, setting your KPIs. And why don't you hit what uh, KPIs stand for? There's probably a, a couple of people listening that don't have one.
1: Yeah, th- think of it this way. Uh, the car that you drive, when you look at the dashboard, um, if you look directly ahead, it has several different dials, right? Uh, it's got speed, it's got kilometers, it's got battery, it's got oil, it's got a bunch of stuff. I'm not a car guy, but there's a lot of dials in front of you, right? And and that's that's the equivalent to how many things we measure and track in business, right? The reality though is this, we typically only track and measure when we're driving two dials. Speed, so we don't get caught speeding, right? Or kill anybody. Um, And gas, so we can continue to not get caught speeding, right? and, and, you know, it's, it's very rare I, I go into my car and go, all right, the battery's good. Let's get going, right? Um, now, those are all important measurements, and I get that. But the theory is this. The key performance indicator, which is what a KPI stands for, is what's the one or two metrics in your business that if you were to hit them consistently, they'll run your entire business, right? Um, you know, and, and, and in my business and, and many sales businesses, it's new appointments booked, uh, first time appointments booked right in the calendar with business owners, right? And I know as long as I'm hit, if I'm hitting that, everything else will, will take care of itself. Average order of value will take care of itself. Sales closing ratio will take care of itself. You know, all that will take care of itself. Um, now I can monitor those different dials, you know, every six months, but for the here and now, which I am, um, and I think that's key too. I'm a big 30, 60, 90 day goal guy. I'm not a five-year guy. Uh, I have them. Um, maybe it's because I'm from Pittsburgh and the Pirates have had a five year plan for 28 years now. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm what's the here and now this quarter to next quarter to next quarter. So. Yeah. Does that answer i mean I think, does that answer a
0: question i mean like, yeah it, it hits it so now w- you're looking at your kpis and yeah. it sounds like there's leading and lagging indicators so the leading are um, things that you're you're more activity based the lagging tends to be more results based it used to be in the old days you hit a button that was the results but in today with all the technology leading and lagging you can catch those so sounds like you're doing how many appointments set capped that's that's what you're running your kpis off of yeah, I, I think
1: as a producer, you want to be running what activities should you be doing and the numbers by those activities per week right? So if dialing is a part of your business, you know, how many per week, how many referral asks, how many, uh, how many, uh, LinkedIn activity, uh, I want my sales people or my producers to be focused on their controllables, right? Control the controllables, right? Those things that are in their control and having that goal of the one KPI of appointments book, let's say, um, as my sales managers and my sales directors, I want them analyzing, are we hitting our goals? Is it an activity problem? Is it a application problem? Right. And, 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 and really being lagging indicator focused. And I want my owners as bottom line are we growing or aren't we growing? Right. So I think that's sort of the chain of command. Um, but for me, you know, being a business owner, I, I, I'm measuring all that, right? I'm measuring my weekly uh, activity. I'm measuring my weekly KPIs. I'm measuring, you know, the results. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's it seems like it's a simple process, um, and it is. I mean, Brian, you know, you and I could meet with any salesperson in any field this afternoon and put together a strategy for them to succeed. Um, that's not the hard part. Anybody can do that. Um, having the discipline. Accountability and consistency of working your prospecting Uh, program—that's where we fall, right? And and by the way, one of the keys, Bry, is not so much will you fail at it, because there's going to be a day or two, or possibly even a week, where you fail to do those consistent things, right? Life happens, right? But you get called out, you're training here, you're uh, you got a, a fire to put out, you're going to fail. A day or two, and it's not that you're not going to right. Stop convincing yourself that you're, uh, you know, uh, perfect. Um, You will fail. The people that are most successful, I found, is after you fail, is how quickly can you get back up into your consistency, right? How quickly can you, you know, go two days and not have it become two weeks and then two months, right? If you can get back up quick enough, you'll you'll knock it out of the park.
0: Yeah, and and that's that's the key, right? Is in spite of how you feel you act and you do and don't, don't fool yourself that you're going to be perfect. Nobody is. Um, so yeah, h- we'll hardly agree there. Okay. So we talked about, um, maintaining your motivation. If you're pleasure motivated, then, you know, what do you do whenever you're down? So that's a completely different conversation. Who but are these same- people? Who are these people that are pleasure motivated? They're crazy. Yeah, right? they're, they're the people that have the poster boards up. Um, yeah. so, and then getting out of your comfort zone, that's going to happen every single day, especially whenever you're prospecting. And then, and we talked about don't, don't fight your natural habits. Okay. So now let's go to a little bit more tactical. So let's talk to that newer salesperson. So whether it's a BDR, SDR, um, newer to the the business, and you're having to prospect, what's some prospecting advice that you can give to these folks? I, I think there's a couple. One,
1: recognize and understand who's on the other end of the phone. Right. I mean, they are human, just like you. Um, If you can use as much as your personality and humor as you possibly can. That's one thing that really gets lost in prospecting and in selling, which is the human to human contact. And these people on the other end of the phone want what you want. Um, And and so, and so, you know, understanding their motives, understanding their assumptions, understanding their place within the level of the organization and where some of their frustrations are coming from and who they affect. Um, I, I, I think humor is big. I think uh, knowing that uh, your, your mirror, if you will, is big. I, I think you lead with love, right? I think if your intentions are pure, your message will resonate. Um, and and that was a, that's a mindset shift for prospecting because prospecting carries such a negative sort of attitude toward it, right? No one wants to get called. No, you know, they don't want to hear from me. If you can shift your mindset to, um, I, I'm calling to help somebody, Right. I mean, my, you know, my intention when I pick up the phone and call someone is because I think I can help them. And if you have that, you know, that that in your heart and in your in your words and in your tonality and in your empathy, um, your calls are going to go well and, and your and your mindset's going to be well and you'll be able to get through it from a consistent standpoint. Um, you know, there's but but I think be real. Right. Be real with other people. I mean, if one thing about this last year has taught us anything, human to human interaction is going nowhere. Right. I mean, we are. You know, I know there's a lot of tech and a lot of virtual and all that. You're still dealing with humans. They still have emotions. They still have wants, needs, challenges, um, and tap into that. You know, and 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 be real and have your intentions be pure.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of curious, right? So we we're we're talking about prospecting. We haven't gone into tactics or, or anything whatsoever. So so far we've talked about uh, mindset of motivation, mindset of um, how I'm going to how I'm going to think before I even pick up the phone. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are like, no, just give me the tactics. Why are you, why are you hitting on this? Why is this so important for you? Well, two reasons. One,
1: uh, because if you want the, uh, the, the application, the technique, you got to pay me for it. Um, uh, no, 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 but in all honesty, listen, um, Uh, yeah, what to say, how to say it, when to say it is all great. And finding your own voice and personality is the sexy part of training, right? Um, But here's the reality. Back in the day when I was doing what I call traditional selling, right? uh, I thought I was pretty good at tactics, right? I thought I was pretty good at technique. I could close people. I could bond. I could do all that stuff. uh, But I never made the kind of money I wanted to make until I mastered the consistency of doing it. Right, um, you know, and, and think of it this way: everybody who's in the sound of my voice right now knows somebody who uh, is not uh, technically sound. Their posture is fairly below level. Um, they're 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 not strong individuals, but they will throw themselves in front of as ma- you know a brick wall as many people as they possibly can to get their number. So so and again, I don't want the people that I work with to be that person. I want there to be a healthy mix. But but if that's not proof of how important mastering uh, activity is right. And, and, and strategy and, and discipline. I don't know what is right. We all know someone like that, you know,
0: it just goes to show that, that belief of how you carry yourself on that call is so much more because we, we spend so much time worrying about the exact words or exact script. Right. But that's not really it. It's how do you carry yourself? And do you have the belief that whenever you're talking to that person, that it's their lucky day and that you get to solve their problem? So I think that's critically key. So let's let's go a little bit more on the tactical then. So, sure. for example, I'm, I'm reaching out on a cold call, right? Right. Um, what are you teaching today? Anything new? I mean, are you, for example, we're using a four step approach uh, with, you know, hey, quick pattern interrupt to build trust, cur- uh, permission based opener, curiosity statement, and then call to action kind of thing. So that's our four step approach. What are you using right. these days?
1: Yeah. I mean, similar, right. I think you you have to push against uh, what everybody else is sounding like, you know, you use pattern up, I use sequence variation, right. Um, Which, which has a lot more humor in it. Um, Again, I like to capture the, them right up front by, um, you know, suggesting uh, I caught you on the worst day of your life, something like that. Um, But but I think, again, I think having the message of help in your opener in in your here, I'm taking a shot. Right. Um, And, and in your, uh, let's say, uh, pitch, if you will, right? Your, your, your commercial um, or your stories that you're giving them. Um, I, I think it's remembering that person's human, trying to tap into some of the emotions of the time um, and agreeing with them, linking those fears, pains with them, and then suggesting to go a different way. Right? I'll give you an example. You know, in, in, coming out of the pandemic, you get a lot of uh, monies on hold. We're waiting to see how this shakes out, right? There may be a, a um, an economic correction, right? And all that stuff. Um, And and one of the tactics I always teach is, um, I'm not pushing away from that. I'm not defending it. And I'm not going to disagree with them. I'm agreeing to it. And I'm agreeing to it almost overboard, right? You're like, oh my God, absolutely. This is the worst time ever. i hope it's never like this again. Um, it, it, the second part of that is to link it to other organizations and companies that are saying the exact same thing, right? So it's sort of the what I call pushing against the freak complex, right? A lot of these companies have never experienced anything like this. Well, all of them have never experienced anything like this, but not even a recession. So, So to say to them, listen, you are not alone right? So number one is absolutely, it's horrible. Number two is I hear it daily from all of the accounts I talk to. Um, And then the third part is really suggesting a different um, move for them, right? Which means more interaction with you, right? So it would be, uh, hey, I agree, blah, blah, blah. A thousand people tell me that every week. A lot of them are saying though, now is a good time to have these initial conversations because the product or service that we offered isn't a light switch. It doesn't turn on. And we need to have talks and conversation and moves before that happens. Um, if you're open-minded, we can do that. And so it's, it, it's a really a real-world way to say, I agree with you. It's happening everywhere. But here's another avenue or another option that might make sense for you to take.
0: Yeah, so it gets into problem-solving, not pitching, mm-hmm. right? Very, very much. Yeah, very much. Got it. And so... Anything from a, because uh, you've always been like the kind of the tactics guy here that I'm accustomed to. So I'll give a, a funny example. Um, Ray and I, we used to be at opposite ends of the hallway. And I'm sitting there at the end of the hall uh, prospecting. And I hear Ray up at the other end prospecting. And he's doing way better than I am. And, you know, whenever a gatekeeper would pick up the phone, he'd go, Hey, who's this? So I'm like, Oh, that's brilliant. I'll try that. And so yeah. I tried the same thing. But me being me, not Ray, I said, Hey, who's this? And my voice went down and they're like, uh, uh, right. And it was just a complete disaster. So, um, talk to, talk to the people a little bit about, you know, importance of tonality and how you're carrying yourself. I think we touched on a little bit before, but if you can dive down a little bit more deeply there.
1: Yeah. And by the way, here's, here's my first initial thoughts on that. I, I, when I first started picking up the phone and making cold calls and working off of a step system or a template, um, I was the worst I've ever heard. I have recordings somewhere of my first calls. They are abysmal. Nobody I've ever trained or worked with in my last 17 years was ever any worse than I was. So a lot of it is just trial and error. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I, I, here's what I think. I, I've always thought uh, I'm going to have a chameleon strategy from a tonality and words standpoint from people that are on the phone when I'm trying to book an appointment. Um, and it is funny, Brian, cause I, I've had so many people that uh, if I have taught, Hey, who's this, um, They accuse the person, right? Hey, who's this? Who the hell's this answering the phone? You know, and they're like, who the hell's it? You know, it starts it off horribly. Um, It's more of a, um, boy, I recognize everybody at that company, but I don't recognize your name. Who's this, right? Um, But I think active listening, and and here's, here's a key, I'm giving them back exactly what they're giving me. Right. So if if they are very short and curt, so am I. If they are very happy and upbeat, so am I. The disc model comes into play a lot with that. Whereas if it's if it's a very dominant person, I'm going to be dominant with them. Right. And having the ability to number one have active listening and recognize what sort of person tonality in that brief time is on the other line, Um, and being able to assimilate with them from a tonality standpoint is huge. Being able to pivot for the next call on a dime is also huge. Right. So uh, which I was. Terrible at in the beginning. I used to. I always had to have a post-it on my uh, my phone that said "Happy Go Lucky Ray," because what would happen is I, I would have a call. It would go horribly, and I would make the next call pay for the sins of the previous call, right? Um, and so, you know, and, and and that that doesn't help anybody. So, but yeah, I I think it's it, it, it's it's having a chameleon strategy, giving back what you give, having sort of a mirror technique of of what am I getting from them? What's their um, style and how do I mimic their style and give it back to them? I think it works really, really well. Um, and and and, uh, and and yeah, I, I do remember those ha- the hallway by the way
0: that you being at the end of it. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. then, how about from outbound prospecting? Any email uh, tactics that you're you're suggesting these days?
1: So uh, there, there's a couple sites. Uh, they're they're very well known, but there's really three sites that I've been using. Um, to uh, If you're looking for lead generation or, or to find different emails and phone numbers, if that's the question, um, uh, hunter.io, getemail.io, those Google extensions are great. Um, there's one that I'm having a lot of success with called Lucia.com, L-U-S-H-A, probably known to people who prospect a lot. The reason I like Lucia is because it gives you phone numbers. Right? So you can type in someone's name, someone's uh, company, um, and it creates a database of uh, prospects for you. Um, so, so I think I, that's been key in 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 targeting business, not taking business. And by the way, that's also big in prospecting, right? In my first, you know, two years in business. Um, if you could fog a mirror, I'm prospecting to you, right? Um, you know, and 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 and, and it, it, it took me a little bit of while to realize that you need to do a healthy amount of that, but you really should be working on finding your ideal target of business and asking for it, right? You know, if if you don't know, and you can't answer, uh, ideally what are the characteristics of the organizations that you work best with, right? Geographically, where are they located? What are the four levels of the organization you want to be introduced to? Um, what What is the uh, size of organizations, both in money and in people? Uh, but those characteristics, I found when I started to uh, referral ask and uh, text messaging program, which I have as well, and um, I started to ask for ideal clients, guess what happened? I got ideal referrals, right? So, so targeting versus taking is also very big too. Look, we all hate to prospect. Um, why not be as effective as you possibly can when you're doing it, um, and 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 you know hit your wins and have them be the kind of wins you want, not not sort of um, you know we used to say what deer, rabbits, bear, and skunk or something, and and you know you don't want a lot of skunk, right? Yeah. And we tend to we tend to take that money because we need it,
0: you know. No, and, but and I was talking more on um, from like an email. Like, are you using any type of email uh, methodology for cold emails? Are your people doing much of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, again, it, it depends on the industry as far as who is responding better to virtual world, right? There, there are some of my industries in the manufacturing world that are responding very well. There's some in the financial or professional services world that aren't. Um, I, I think your email template mimics your talk track on the phone, right? I, I think you, you use third party stories. Um, I think you try to be different. I think you use openers and closers that are a little bit different. Um, you may open one by saying, there's no way in the world that you know who I am. Right, it's a good catch, um, and and uh, you know, or do you you know just a simple email that I've had a lot of success with prospecting, which is uh, the subject line is uh, communication. The email is simply, do you prefer to be email do you prefer email or uh, a phone call? Question mark, and that's yeah. it, right? I get a lot of good responses from that, um, but but just be different, be, you know, I, I th- think about what your what your what everyone else is doing, and maybe do something a little bit more human.
0: Yeah, You know, and And not processed. And it goes back, and you keep saying it, it goes back to that authenticity and mindset of just realize that you're talking to another human and be that human. I mean, it's that principle of likability, right?
1: And and in the, yeah it is but in the sales world there is this sort of fog of me versus you right and you are my opponent right and don't 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 give this information away and don't don't ask that question um, look uh, humans are on the other line right um, typically they want the same thing you want you don't have to be sleazy you don't have to use uh, tactics that 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 are are um, I don't want to say outdated but tactics that aren't honest, right? Uh, They're not, they're not lying, but they're not honest. It's somewhere in between. Um, I I just think um, making adult to an adult suggestions and, and and moving forward. And if you do that, they'll either take them or they won't. and, And you should be fine either way.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's pivot a little bit. And, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, both yourself, seeing how many other clients, their salespeople, looking at salespeople overall, give give me a sense of what's the biggest challenge that you see them facing and, and you know what's a lesson that we can learn from that to avoid. So the
1: biggest, so so the biggest challenge that sale, first of all the the overwhelming challenge that all salespeople face is if I was to ask you to give me a descriptive word that describes a salesperson, um, it would probably not be positive, right? <laughs> um, and I ask all my clients that when I first meet them, and I hear things like sleazy, dishonest, annoying, right, persistent, all that stuff. Um, I think that's the first um, the first problem, right? Is what are the top fears that our prospects? Are, are looking for and looking out for whenever you contact them. And, and the first one is a fear of how long you're going to be there, a fear of a hard close. I think the quicker that you can get out in the open, the expectations of what's going to happen in this meeting for everybody, they'll appreciate that. Um, I, I think a lot of salespeople are struggling today with the virtual selling. Um, and I think a big part of that, Brian, is um, they are what I would call relationship salespeople. Uh, it is extremely hard to bond over a virtual sales call. Um, it just is. Now, uh, off the record for someone like me who has very little uh, likability skills in that first five <laughs> minutes, um, I'm actually happy about it, right? We get down talking to business in the first six minutes. I'm good with it. I tend to bond with my clients and sell to my prospects. Uh, but I think they're they're hurting for that connection, um, and it's because they use that connection so much. So they're going to have to make a pivot towards being, I'd say, respected and trusted versus just likability, right? You can only talk about football or weather or the pandemic for the first five or six minutes before we're just staring at each other on a screen. And it doesn't have the same effect as, as being in front of them. Um, and so, so that's big. You're going to have to pivot from the relationship building um, and do different things, um, I, I would suggest um, asking better, effective, more direct, posture-esque questions, right? That, that's how I tend to bond mostly on my first calls, prospecting calls is not so much because our kids, you know, because we, you and I procreated at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's It's because... My questions are direct. They are consultative based. No one asks them. Maybe I shouldn't ask some of them. Right. Uh, but they need to be asked. And that's where I build most of, uh, of my bonding. The second thing is, if you're going to be in a virtual world, you better be process driven and you better get commitments and decisions. Um, you know, and, and, and when I first started in sales, <coughs> excuse me, I I started on the phone. There wasn't even, you know, computers, right, back then. Uh, But I started on the phone, and here's what I found. Um, It is a lot easier for someone to no-show or cancel a virtual meeting or a phone call than it is if you're standing in their lobby. That being said, from a goal-setting standpoint, I find by a factor of three, you have to goal-set, right? So if you're setting, if your goal is 10 appointments, but you're in the virtual world now, you better set 15, knowing that one-third of them, are going to cancel or no-show, right? If you don't, if you don't factor that in, um, you'll you'll miss your goals. So that's big too. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you can't say no to people in your lobby. It's mean, um, oh, and 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 you're kind of stuck in jail. You can't go to lunch, right? Because they're out there somewhere. Uh, but but so those are those are really two things I think from from a bonding standpoint um, and from a process standpoint. Make sure you're. Uh, I, I got to be honest, Brian. I, through the pandemic. And the virtual selling because i don't do a lot of initial handshaking and kissing babies uh, i have run more one call one meeting close uh, sales calls than i have in my entire career because in the first five minutes we start talking about what we need to talk about it's a lot of business so I, i'm kind of happy about that but it is a natural pivot
0: nice now you, you, you used a word that uh probably most people aren't familiar with to include me you said posturesque questions. I like that. So can you give them an example of a posture-esque type question?
1: Yeah, I'll give you an example in my business, right? So so one of the questions I will ask uh, my business owners is, um, how many salespeople do you have? 12, great. Um, How many knowing their patterns and knowing how they work today, how many would you hire again? right um, that's a tough consultative question and I'll tell you why uh, me being a trainer or a consultant boy I, I want to work with all of them right um, but by asking that question that's a really good should I ask that question absolutely right if I was a piece of crap salesperson who was just worried about a per person model would I ask that question heck no because I want to train them all right but it, it' it you should ask that question you should put them on their heels and ask very specific very direct questions questions. questions. And when they answer a 10 out of
0: 12, why haven't you fired the other two? Yeah. Right. Challenge them. Yeah. And it's it's a great point. And get those questions that, you know, not surface level, you know, why ask a surface level question, go six layers deep and then keep digging. So, and for those of you that would say, oh, they, they would never answer that. Really. I would challenge you. And clearly Ray would as well, yeah. The reason that they won't answer that is because you'd likely never asked it. So ask those really hard-hitting questions. Um, good. So how, how about this? I mean, a best business hack um, for those listening today, and, and we'll keep it on um, from the sales perspective, um, whether it's uh, for hiring talent, whether it's uh, tactics for sales, uh, can you, any, any best hacks there? Yeah, let me let me keep it on
1: uh, on on prospecting or uh, first sales calls, right? So there is a an app which you're looking at right now called Chroma Cam, C H uh, R O M A Cam, which is a, a a video background app. Now for those of you that are using Zoom, you know you have to have a crazy green screen behind you, um, and and it, it it's it's limited to some extent. With this Chroma Cam app, um, you are able to fire up anything behind you, anything that you can screenshot. So one of the things, and again, I'll lean on this, Brian, I. I don't bond well in that first five minutes. So what I have done is when I'm running that first sales call or prospecting qualification call, I will put the company's logo behind me. Right. Okay. So when we when we first get on, they see that and they go, "Oh my God, how would you get that?" You know, it, it's instant bonding as much as I possibly can. Right. Um, so so that has been a, a, a very good hack. I would also say um, m- moving away from the fears of text prospecting or text messaging. Um, you know, it, it took me a while. I read a couple different books. Some of them by uh, Jeb Blunt has a great book on fanatical prospecting. It starts to talk about text prospecting, uh, but um, I, I was leery of using. This form of of reaching out to people, uh, because every time you know every time I do my seminar, like fifty people in the room, twenty five go you know, they they screech, and the other are going yay, you know. So everybody has their own ideas of this, um, and, and but here's what I found: there were a couple stats that that that, that kept ringing true. One of them was ninety five percent of people, no matter who the text is from, will look at it, right? Uh, and they said one of the reasons is because you have got that crazy icon on your phone, and you got to get it off, right? You want to get that off. So so to me. That was big. And so I started it, uh, I started to do 100 at a time in prospecting, and it worked out very well. I got responses. Not a lot of people said, take me off your list, right? Actually, no one said that. Uh, There were a couple wrong numbers, you know, and that sort of thing. But um, it's become the way we communicate now right? Uh, My guess is you have more text messages per day than you do phone conversations, right? Um, With our friends, with our family. Uh, I'd say three to five years ago, less acceptable, right? Less business-wise acceptable. But now everybody uses their cell phone. Nobody even has a landline anymore. So reaching out to people, being very short and concise with one call to action on that text is huge. Um, But that has worked very, very well as as a hack. We're moving more toward that generation, not 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 against it.
0: Do you have a stereotypical text that you'll kick out?
1: Yeah, I, I, I uh, initially, uh, I would invite them. Again, I, I think there's a couple of business practices at work. Number one, I do no more than three sentences, right? Or character shirts or whatever you talk about. Um, but I, I have only one call to action. And it's either, and that's big because I made all these mistakes when I first started that I had four or five different you know, numbers to call and a link and all this stuff. Uh, I would change it to one call to action. If you want them to call you, phone number only. If you want them to visit your website, website only. If you want them to email you, you know that only. Um, I I think one specific call to action, one specific message, right? Here's what I do. Here's what I'm about. Do you want to set up a meeting? Here's my number and have the link there. That's worked better than... I don't know about you, Brian, do you ever get these text messages that is, has so much writing in it that it has the view all on your screen? My right. wife, by the way, sends me a text message weekly that is a page and a half and has view all. And between you and I, I hope she doesn't hear this, I have never clicked view all. Right? <laughs> there, could be, there could be 28 more pages. I am never clicking view all, right? I'm just getting out of there. So
0: nice. And yeah, short, concise on everything that we do. Perfect. Well, how about this? I mean, you just laid out one, but uh, resources that you might recommend, whether blog, or podcasts or guides.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of this year so far in the last six months that that, that hit home. The, the 52 mindset by uh, Laura Sheely is really good. It, it is a uh, it's designed uh, much like the Purpose Driven Life, which is every week or you know every day for that. But every week you you learn a new uh, aspect of prospecting or business development. Uh, there's 52 of them. Obviously, I, I, I took away about 12 really really good ones from that. Nice. Uh, a lot of them are social media and and and, and marketing uh, for your business as well. Uh, the second one, Predictable Prospecting by uh, Jeremy Donovan and Mary Lou Tyler. I think that's a classic. It's a couple years old, but um, much like what we're talking about here, there's a lot of push against the the norms for prospecting too. Those have been re- two really good ones um, along with, you know, Voss's book of never split the difference, which, you know, is great.
0: Yeah. Three great ones. Love it. Yeah. Now, how, how about this? I mean, what do you see coming down the, the pike? What's the future hold? What, do you, what are you prepping your clients for? <clears throat>
1: Well, I, here's what I think. I, I, am, I am not bought into the world is going to turn 100% virtual, right? And, and I, I, here's what I think. I, I have um, dozens of dozens clients and they're all in different industries, and so I, through this whole this whole time, I got a really good look into the economics of different niche markets. Right, some of them were closed down forever, you know, and some of them were uh, not touched at all. So I, I do not do I think that there's going to be a percentage of virtual that stays. Absolutely, right, ten percent, fifteen percent. But again, human to human's not going away. I, I, my companies are going back in the office. Big companies, corporate companies. Um, so so that's number one. I I wouldn't buy into it's all going to be virtual. I think. Be back to uh, what what, normal, if you will, in in six months' time. That being said, probably still 10 months. I think uh, supply chain executives are seeking more win win deals than win lose. Right, I think that that they have revamped their, their technique as well, um, and, and so I, I do see them coming to the table a little bit more um, honest, a little bit more open, a little bit more uh, willing to work with companies than maybe they would have before. Um, I, I I do think there'll be a, a, a corporate economic correction, right? Which which for some of my bigger organizations uh, w- will have to uh, deal with, right, uh, from an economic standpoint. But I I, I really anticipate depending on what business you're in, Uh, the entrepreneur and small business startups are going to explode over the next three years. Um, I think, Brian, the big reason is, is because people will use the last year's fears and uncertainty as a way to push them maybe to to chase their dreams, right? And and maybe they wouldn't have before. Um, So that's going to be exciting to see. I think you're going to see a lot of creative companies that are going to be opening up. Um, A lot of people that are thinkers, but not producers, you know, that need our help.
0: Um, But I'm excited about it. Nice, cool. Well, um, so last question is this. So um, appreciate your time, and and the the big question is: Hey, who should reach out to you? How should they do it, and why should they reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, look,
1: sales producers, owners, uh, people who know they could be and should be making more money, right? And 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 uh, and maybe need a partner to help them in that journey, right? Um, I, I want people, as I always do for my business, I want you to be comfortable picking up the phone to call me, having a conversation. Um, worst case scenario, we don't agree to to talk again. That's fine. I can't help you, but if you see me on the street the next week, you don't run across it or run away from me, <laughs> right? Um, I, I you know I think that's key. I, I, I'm about making my clients. Clients' money uh, year over year. I think I think uh, success breeds new challenges, right? Um, and and my job is to grow the organization, um, to make that money and have that repeatable process. How you spend that money is your business. I don't go that far. I got it. And how yeah. should
0: they reach out to you?
1: Yeah, uh, realworldroi.com is the site. Um, and uh, you can go on there. I've got all kinds of blogs and articles. I think you'll like um, uh, best best way to reach me is cell phone, you know, 412-720-7051. Um, you can also fill out the form on the website if you want to get into my uh, uh, newsletter.
0: Right. Awesome. Well, hey, we talked about a lot of different things today. One of the biggest ones is all about mindset. And, you know, That is your tactic, right? For prospecting, for driving effective sales calls, for running a good effective sales team from a management leadership standpoint, we have to have those same type of mindset, that same type of reality. Know your numbers is another piece that we talked about, being human and authentic. So if we do those things, we'll have a real good, solid, successful career and have great pajama days on December 26th. Thanks, Ray Mutchler, really appreciate it. Uh, Any final parting words for you? I mean,
1: I don't have any final part. There's so much that I could say here, Brian. We have such a history with each other, but I'm just going to, I'm going to be professional and let it go and say, <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Um, uh, 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 again, good luck to you. I know you have a beautiful family. I'm happy to talk with you online, offline, podcast, or whatever it is, but thanks for the time.
0: You got it. Hey, thanks so much. Get after it, everyone. Remember, uh, knowledge for knowledge's sake is pointless. Knowledge for a- application's sake is what we're looking to so get after it. See you, everyone.